Well, I want to welcome all of you, moms, daughters, grandmothers, women who are a mother in love to others. You know, I know some of you who you may not physically be a mom, but so many of you are mothers to a mother role to your nieces, to nephews, to neighbor kids, all those kind of things. So thank you for all that you moms do. We appreciate you so very, very, very much. And I, this morning, um, just for the next few minutes here, I just wanted to share something with you that has been on my heart. First of all, I just wanted to remind all you ladies, anytime we're going through mothering things, whether it's feeling like we're not good enough as a mom or a grandmother or just needing wisdom as a mother, I want to remind you of the verse Ephesians 4, 7. It tells us that to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. So whatever you need as a mother, whether it's wisdom, and I always like to joke, of course, there are no men in the room, but I like to joke that in the Bible, wisdom is called a she. Did you notice that? It always says she's speaking, so no guys to rub that into right now. But I just want to talk to you for a couple of minutes about, is your soul healthy? And this is something the Lord has kind of been working with me on lately, and so I thought I'd share with all of you what he's working on me about, because usually we all can hear some of those things. So is your soul healthy? Oftentimes, we think our soul is healthy, and then something might come up, and all of a sudden, it strikes a chord in us. Have you ever been there? Like, you're feeling good in most areas in your life, but all of a sudden, someone's name is mentioned, or a situation comes up, and it kind of bristles, and it brings back memories from the past. Has anyone ever been there? And you don't have to raise your hand on that one. I'm just saying, I'm sure you all can say yes to that one. But really what I've been realizing is sometimes we think our soul is real healthy. And sometimes uh, there are some things that we need to work through. And just a certain situation just might bring something up when we realize, oh, I thought I was getting pretty healthy, but I didn't realize I still had some hurt in that area. And so I just want to talk today about forgiving yourself. I think a lot of times we can forgive others, but sometimes the person we forget that we need to forgive is actually ourself for some things. And so many of us trust that God has forgiven us. How many of you, you believe God has forgiven you for anything you've done wrong in the past? And you trust his forgiveness. You trust he's, when you leave from this earth and pass on, that you're going to go to heaven. God's forgiven you for what you've done. But yet some of us are still holding grudges against ourselves for things that we've done, and we know God's forgiven us for those things, but there's still something on the inside in our soul that tells us we're not good enough because of something we did in our past. And you know, years ago, I saw a video. In fact, I think we played this in church about six years ago on Mother's Day. There was a video that someone had done, and they went in with a group of moms, and they said, you know, how do you feel you're doing as a mom? And they rec- these moms all agreed to be recorded. There were about maybe seven or eight moms, and most of them would say things like, well, you know, it's going all right, but I feel like I really miss it in this area, and I don't, you know, I haven't been as compassionate as, as much as I should in this area, or I, I don't have enough wisdom in this area. And the moms were pointing out all of the things they were missing it and parenting on. And then they took these same women's children, who were all ages about four to eight, and they interviewed the kids of these same women and said, how do you think your mom's doing as a mom? And the kids all said things like this, my mom's amazing. I've got the best mom in the world. My mom, she loves me. She takes care of me when I get hurt. If I'm sick, she brings me things. She makes sure I'm feeling better. My mom gives me hugs all the time. My mom, this, my mom, that one kid said, my mom's a superstar in my eyes. 
you know, and so these are the same women who are saying how they're not doing a good enough job, and their same children are saying, my mom's amazing, you know, and the whole video was made to show us as moms that we're too hard on ourselves oftentimes, and so I think that's important for us to remember because sometimes we see ourselves make a mistake or we didn't do something as good as we thought we should have. As moms, we can be so hard on ourselves, or as females, we can be so hard on ourselves. And, you know, I think it's important to remember the scripture in Psalm 103, verse 12, that says, He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. That if we make a mistake, we need to remember that is removed from us. All we do is repent and move on. Part of the reason this has been in my mind is our soul healthy is I was having a conversation with a friend of mine recently, and she's a doctor, and we were having this conversation about our emotions and how if we have something from our past that was traumatic, and it could be traumatic like abuse, or it could be traumatic that something that wouldn't seem like a big deal to someone else, but it was a big deal to us and our brain registered it as trauma, or it could be something that we just did a major mess up and we aren't forgiving ourselves. And so I was having this discussion with my friend, and she said that she has actually been researching this a lot lately, and she's a doctor that deals a lot with this type of thing. And she said that she's been to two trainings recently in other states of these new advanced techniques they have in the medical arena of actually discovering trauma and how it affects our organs. And she was saying that certain organs are related to certain emotions. And those emotions, if we don't deal with them in a healthy way, the emotion will actually go and lodge in whatever organ it's associated to. And eventually that could show up in later years as problems with that organ. Now, that doesn't mean that all health problems are related to that. Health problems can be related to other things. But oftentimes there are health issues that show up because of lodged emotions. And she was telling me really fascinating things that one of the trainings she went to, they actually said um, that they have a non-invasive way now to register trauma in someone's bodies. That she said that... Um, they, all the, the medical practitioners that were there were trained in this technique, and then they got to practice on each other. And she said, for example, myself, she said four different people worked with her and did this non-invasive way to register her organs and any trauma she had been to. And all four of them at separate times, not knowing each other, um, she said it, they've narrowed it down so much that they can tell you the age you were when you had the trauma, and often they can tell you what emotion was connected to it. And she said all four of these people, when they were practicing on me, did this way to read this and said, you had a trauma when you were 18 years old, and it caused deep fear in you. But all four people read the same thing on her, and she said, do you know, when I was 18 years old, she said, I found out I had lupus, and it put deep fear in me. And so all of them read that in her body. Now, then they were teaching techniques of how to get rid of these things. And she said there was another person who, you know, people who tested this guy said at age 12, you had uh, a trauma that also was fear-related. And he said, I fell from the monkey bars. And he said, I have been deathly afraid of heights ever since. Not a huge trauma. You wouldn't think falling from the monkey bars, but it was for him. And so with this, she said they have two specific ways. Um, She was at two different classes. One was more of a Christian spiritual base. The other one was more of just a medical base. And she said in the medical arena, they have one way 
non-Christian way to deal with this, but she said one of the ways, um, they found both of these ways to be successful in dealing with past traumas, is she said in the Christian one that she went to, they would just say, you know, do you know what that is? And the person would say, yes, it was, you know, found out had lupus at that age and very afraid. And she said then they would pray over that person. She said most people don't understand is when something traumatic happens in our brain, and this is why I'm telling you all this, what I want you to get from this. When something traumatic happens, our brain and the brain waves in our brain say, okay, A, this just happened. And then if there was a bad result or or something um, that was traumatic, our brain actually makes a pathway or a connection that says A causes B. And so this pathway is burnt in or made in our brain. So, for example, she explained it to me like this. She said if someone went through some type of deep rejection or loss from their parents that caused them pain, they say, okay, this behavior, and then this was a painful result. So she said that person, then anything that could slightly relate to looking like rejection or loss, it triggers that same pathway to be followed in the brain, and they react with a severe response. So she said someone who had that loss or rejection from a parent that was severe, she said picture someone in traffic and someone cuts them off. For someone who doesn't have this issue, someone just cut them off and they don't think anything of it the rest of the day. You know, they may think, oh, that person must be in a hurry or they didn't see me. But she said someone who had this severe loss and re- rejection pathway in their brain, all of a sudden they, they see that person cutting them off as they just rejected me. They just did that on purpose, and all of a sudden they want to go punch that person who cut them off in traffic. She said that's why one person has a severe response and the other one doesn't think anything of it is because of brain pathways made. And so my friend that I was talking to, she said at the Christian one that she went to, they were teaching that basically what you need to do is you need to pray that that pathway that's been burnt into your brain will be removed and that a new pathway will be made in your brain. And so she said they have been practicing this with people now for the last year or so and finding amazing results, both Christians and non-Christians, who are willing to participate in this kind of therapy, the prayer therapy, and how remarkable the results are and that people, when they get the healing from certain things, that their health issues that have been bothering them for years actually start dissipating in the next one to three months. And so it's very profound the results are getting because some things are being medically treated when really they need to be dealt with in your soul first because all the medical help you give isn't really going to cut it until the spiritual or the soul issue, you could say, is dealt with. I also recently, I've just been kind of studying on this stuff in the last month or so, and I was watching a Joyce Meyer show, and she had a man on her show. He was a a pastor who also had his doctorate. And a man who's uh, just written a lot on emotional health or researched a lot in that area, he was saying some things about forgiving ourselves. He actually wrote a book on how to forgive yourself totally. And he said he realized that he was holding a lot of unforgiveness towards himself because as a pastor, he felt like he had neglected his kids in the early years of their life. And he just had a lot of unforgiveness and kind of self-hatred. He wrote this whole book about how to forgive ourselves and why we should forgive ourselves. And one of the comments he made in there, which was so interesting, is he said, Do you realize that in Revelation chapter 12, where it talks about the devil, it says, The devil is the accuser of the brethren, or in other words, the accuser of people. 
And the, the devil is always trying to accuse us or make us feel guilt, guilty, have guilty thoughts. And that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly and to pay the price for our sins. And so he said, if you remain in that guilt, what you do is you help the devil with his work. He doesn't even have to work hard on you because you're working on his behalf. Because you're accusing yourself and accusing yourself, so he doesn't even have to try. And he said, that's one of the main reasons we should quit is because we want to be, stay on God's side. It's so important to do and to stop beating ourselves up. Any of you listen to Joyce Meyer or read any of her books? Uh, great, great teacher. And she also on that same show, she was talking about how when she was abused as a child, she said that she just kept blaming herself for that and thought there was something wrong with her because she had been abused. And she said she carried that into life even after becoming a Christian. She carried that into life as a Christian. And she said even she was getting into ministry, one day she was about to hold the Bible study, and she said she was just having all of these um, guilty thoughts, like feeling not good about herself and just angry with herself. And she said all of a sudden she just had this thought on the inside that she knew was the Holy Spirit. And she heard him say, how do you plan to get over this? And she said, well, I guess I plan to get over it by just focusing on what Jesus has done for me. And he said, when do you plan to do that? And she said, I don't know, maybe in two or three days. And he said, if it would work in two or three days, is there any reason you wouldn't want to do it now? You know, she's like, oh, I guess I should. And she said, even into her Christian walk, that had just been a continual cycle of feeling guilty and then getting angry at her, herself for different things because she felt since childhood like she wasn't good enough. And so I just wanted to share all of this with all of you because I think as moms especially, we get hard on ourselves I know even as kids, I know we have a number of youth in here. As a child, I remember being hard on myself sometimes. And the one thing that's important to remember is we can only have as healthy of relationships with those around us as our soul is healthy. And so if our soul isn't healthy, we're probably going to be hard on others because we're a reflection to others of what we feel on the inside about ourselves. So that's why it's important as moms that if we aren't healthy in our soul, that we get healthy. Because if we feel condemned, we don't want to be reflecting condemnation on our kids or our husband or coworkers or friends or anyone around us. The healthier we get, the more joy we get with ourselves, the more joy we can spread to others. You know, I remember one time Sean and I were working with a guy, and Sean was just praying over him. And he said, I keep having the thought that... You are always looking for the fault in others because you want to find the fault in them in case they say something that they don't like about you. You'll have a quick response. And he shook his head and he said, yeah, that's definitely true about me. He said, I hadn't thought about it that way, but he said, the second I meet someone, I do try to find a fault in them. And I don't say anything about it unless I feel them criticizing me in some way. And then I'll say, well, you do this. And that's a defense mechanism. But we all have to be watchful of that, that we aren't going around being everyone's critic because the only reason people do that is because we're our own critic. I find if I'm being hard on others, it's really because I'm being hard on myself on the inside and I'm just acting out my own emotions towards myself. The book that I mentioned a moment ago, the man that was on Joyce Meyer's show, his name was Pastor R.T. Kendall, I believe. And he, his book, How to Forgive Yourself Totally, and he said in there, 
Uh, why should we forget our, forgive ourselves? He gave 10 reasons. He said, number one, because God wants you to. Number two, because the devil doesn't want you to forgive yourself. Number three, because it will give you peace and set you free from guilt. Number four, it will help you to find your calling in life because if you're focused on what's wrong with you, you won't find your calling of what you're supposed to do because you're so internally focused. You won't become externally focused on loving others. Number five, it will help you to love people. You truly can't help others until you've helped yourself. Number six, people will start to like you more. And Joyce Meyer commented on that one and she said, you know, when I was younger, she said, I found everybody hated me. She said, even if I would make friends with someone, they would say to me, you know, when I first met you I did not like you at all and she said I think what was wrong with me and she said I realized what was happening was I had so much internal hatred and loathing I was reflecting that and people always thought she was angry just because of the expression she would make without realizing it number seven it sets you free from your past when you forgive yourself number eight it improves your physical health and he commented that studies have shown that unforgiveness towards others or ourself leads to arthritis, high blood pressure, kidney disease. And now they found many other illnesses as well that, that is a result of unforgiveness. Number nine, it improves your emotional health when you release inner guilt. And ten, it improves your spiritual health. And so lots of reasons to forgive yourself. Now I want to give you five ways of how to forgive yourself if you struggle with anything. Number one, sit in God's presence. And I was thinking about sitting in God's presence this morning because our dog came in and we have this little morky poo and she's just this little fuzzball and she always sleeps in our girl's room. It's like when they open their bedroom door, it's like a horse busting out of the gates in a race. And she immediately runs to our bedroom to try to jump on our bed if we're still in bed as fast as she can possibly go. So the girls woke up at about six and I was getting ready, but Sean was in bed listening to a sermon in his ears she comes in and picture Sean he's there in our comforters there and this is what she does Courtney can I borrow you for a minute could you come stand here this is what she does every morning and it's only in the morning she does this but she'll come up to Sean first and she looks at him as kind of the alpha dog and she'll come up to Sean and she'll wherever he is whether he's sitting on the couch or if he's in bed or whatever and she'll rub in as hard as she can like this And then she'll start rubbing her head like this. I mean, almost to the point where she's little, but she could almost push him. She's rubbing so hard. And then she'll start doing this shake, rubbing her back. And and then this more. And (laughs) until she finds the stop and flips over and, and she gets her belly rubbed then. But it's just like she has this nudging that she keeps just pushing her head into him. And then after him, then she'll come to me and do that. And then when Caleb wakes up, you know, if he's in bed, she'll go do that with him. And it's like in the morning, she comes to get her morning love fix. And she doesn't want that any other time during the day. It's just every morning, it's like she comes to get her love fill up, and then she acts like a normal dog the rest of the day. (laughs) But it's this deep, like, pushing into us, like, I need to know that you approve of me. And she wants that from everyone in the house, and then she'll go on with her day and go outside to the bathroom. And so with that, I think, what if we all acted like that towards God? What if we went to him, just that determined each day, Lord, I'm not going anywhere until I get my love fixed and I rub into you, you know, and get filled up with you. Because if we do that with God, he's able to fill us. He's able to cleanse us and flush those things out of us. And so how do you forgive yourself? Get into God's presence and think of our dog whenever you're going into God's presence. God, I'm just going to receive your love until I'm filled up and I know I can go on and, and just be good the rest of the day. And then... 
Um, speak forgiveness over yourself. One thing that Sean and I did when we, um, before we got married, we were engaged is one time we got in a conversation about hurts from our past. And we just started talking about different things that have been hurtful in our past. And we said, you know, we should pray over each other for these things. And so we would just, there were about two times while we were engaged that we just sat and talked about some things that were hurtful. Not that he had done to hurt me or I had done to hurt him, but just hurts from childhood. With that conversation, he prayed over me, Lord, I pray that you would heal Amy's heart from that specific situation and thank you for cleansing her that, you know, whatever the situation was. And I prayed over him for those things. And like I said, that happened about two times, but I remember it being very healing. And interestingly, when I was talking to my doctor friend the other day, she brought that up. Something registered in my brain because about four to five years ago, I was going through a chronic health issue And it was something with my lungs. And my friend mentioned that lungs store sorrow and grief. And four to five years ago, I was going through something that caused me a lot of sorrow and grief. And I realized, oh, my goodness, during that season in my life when I was having all these medical health issues with my lungs, I was actually going through a lot of sorrow and grief. And here I didn't even correlate that this could be an emotional thing I was dealing with. I thought it was only a physical health thing. And so with that... I thought, you know, when I went through that challenge, that time in my life, I never went to Sean or anyone or even sat by myself with God and said, Lord, I'm asking you to make new pathways in my brain. Take away that burnt feeling of this, you know, and this grief that I'm feeling with it and and make a new pathway. And I I just ask you to heal my heart or have, have a friend or Sean pray over me in those areas. You can pray for yourself. You can have someone else do that with you. But I never did that. And I thought, why did I not do that like I did years ago with Sean? Because that was so healing. And so with that, I want to encourage you, whether it's just you and God or you and a friend or you and your spouse, whoever it is, I would encourage you to take time, you know, probably even every few months to just sit before the Lord and say, Lord, is there anything my soul needs cleansing from? And you know, sometimes we just keep being hard on ourselves. And we know that God's forgiven us for something, but it keeps coming up and it keeps plaguing us in our brain. Have you ever been there? And so I want to read a scripture to you that I actually uh, just read part of before, but I'm going to read it to you from the message translation. Then I want to show you a little illustration. Psalm 103 verses 12 through 18 message says, God makes everything come out right. He puts victims back on their feet. He showed Moses how he went about his work, opened up his plans to all Israel. God is sheer mercy and grace, not easily angered. He is rich in love. He doesn't endlessly nag or scold nor hold grudges. Isn't that good to know God is not holding grudges towards us? It goes on to say he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve nor pay us back for our wrongs. And as far as the sunrise is from sunset, he has separated us from our sins. As parents feel for their children, God feels for those who fear him. He knows us inside out, keeps it in mind that we were made of mud. Men and women don't live very long. Like wildflowers, they spring up and blossom. But a storm snuffs them out just as quickly, leaving nothing to show they were here. God's love, though, is forever and always, eternally present to all who fear him, making everything right for them and their children as they follow his covenant ways and remember to do whatever he said. So I want you to think about something. We were all taught in childhood to take responsibility for what we do when we make mistakes, right? That if you do something, you need to fix it. Do something wrong, you need to fix it and make it right. But as parents, there are some things, all of you parents or grandparents, I'm sure would agree with me, 
that sometimes your kids do something and they aren't at the place in their life where they can fix it or make it right, and you have to go and clean that up for them, right? And so I want you to think about that. I'll give you a for instance. Caleb, our son, uh, about two or three years ago, I think he was five, you know, he loved to go up to our glass patio window and look out at it, and he'd always put his hands, which are right, often right after he had eaten, he'd always put those up against the glass and be looking out, and Sean loves clean windows, all right? And so Sean would come in, and if he had really marked it up, he'd be like, Caleb, do you see when you look out the window, if you would just keep your hands by your sides, then all these marks wouldn't get on here, you know, let's, uh, I'll wipe these off, and so Sean cleans the window, and he goes, he has a window cleaner out, so he decides, oh, I'll go clean this window too. So while he goes and cleans this window, Caleb goes and he gets a rag from the sink that had not been wrung out, or maybe he put water under it, and he brings it over to the patio window that Sean had just cleaned with cleaner, and he starts rubbing it all over from top to bottom, leaving this wet, big mess all over what Sean had just cleaned. And he said, Daddy, I'm helping you clean the windows. And Sean walks over and he looks. And Caleb had a great heart, but he had made this huge mess, you know, to help Dad clean up his own mess. And Sean really just politely, with a smile on his face, said, Buddy, why don't you let me do the window cleaning today? Because those rags don't work real well for cleaning windows. So why don't you just let me do this? I appreciate you trying to help, though. He's like, okay, you know, why don't you do this? And Sean gives him something else to do. But, you know, I think about that with life. And I want you to realize that some things, yes, we are supposed to take responsibility for and clean up when we make mistakes. But some things are beyond what we can do as humans. And so when we make a mistake... Picture this as sin. And we make a mistake and we make a mess on a counter. Let's just say we make a mess in our life. And what God's job to do, because Jesus already paid the price for our sins, is he takes his rag and he comes and he says, you know what, my son paid the price for this and I'm going to clean this up for you and get this all clean for you. And he gets it all clean. And what a lot of us do, we say, God, I believe you've forgiven me. And that's great. I believe you've forgiven me. But then these thoughts start plaguing us. And we say, you know, I shouldn't have done that. And I really messed up. And why did I do that? And I'm such a bad mom. Or I'm such a bad wife. Or I'm such a this. Or I'm such a, why did I say that to my coworker and all this? And we already repented to God. We already did what we're supposed to do, the one-time cleanup. And God wiped it up when we repented. But instead of just believing that God got it clean, we come over and we say, God, you know, that wasn't good enough. I'm just going to keep scrubbing here with my thoughts because somehow I think I can get this cleaner than you did. You know, God, I know you say that Jesus paid paid it off for me, but I just, I have to think about this a little longer because I think if I think about it, my thoughts will make this cleaner in my life. And I think that somehow, God, I just don't think you got enough. I just, God, I think... You just didn't get it all, God. I think I can get, I, I, I think I can become a better person the more I think about what I did wrong because I need to fix my own mistakes. I was taught when I was young that I need to fix my own mistakes. And God, if I don't feel really bad about this, I, I'm probably a bad person if I don't just meditate on all the wrong I did. You know, and people can get so mad at themselves that they're like, Arr! trying to, in their thoughts, just trying to rub their sin out. When God is saying, there's nothing on that table. You are rubbing a mess that has already been removed by Jesus. 
And why are you letting your thoughts go over and over and go back to that and go back to that? And then when you let your thoughts go back to that and go back to that, then one of your kids spills on the counter and you're like, why did you do that? You know, and it may not be spill on the counter, but someone does something a little bit wrong around you and your brain goes to overreaction mode, like the rage in the traffic, because you're not just mad because they spilled that. In fact, you really aren't mad because your child spilled that. You're mad because you spilled this over there and you're just so angry at yourself, you just want to vent it because of this internal frustration. I just bring this all to you today because I want to ask you, are you ever rehearsing things in your head that you're not good enough? Because if you're rehearsing that you're not good enough, then you're just trying to scrub out. And some of you may be polite scrubbers. Some of you might not be the anger at yourself. Some of yours, you it might be real polite scrubbers like, God, I know Jesus did that, but if I just meditate on this a little longer, maybe I'll just feel better about myself. Just let me think about this a little longer. And then you feel a little worse and a little worse. You know, and so what I'm saying is check your thoughts and even go back with the Lord to anything where someone may have hurt you or maybe you did something that you felt you didn't measure up. And in that, have you received God's forgiveness totally to the point where you don't beat yourself up over it anymore? And when you get to that place where you really release yourself, then you can have lots of joy with others. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's so important to remember some things we can clean up our own mess, but some things we just need to let God come behind us. If it's something like sin that we need to repent of or something we're struggling with, whether it's sorrow or grief or anger towards ourselves, anger towards others, and just come to God and say, Lord, cleanse me. And you know, there are things I can remember from kindergarten of kids being unkind or things like that, that it's like, we need to go before God and and ask him to cleanse our hearts of those things. Because even things that may seem little can lodge in our heart to cause a distrust towards people in the future. Would you agree? Take time with him and ask the Lord, God, what can I do to be cleansed by you? I just want to give you the last couple of things. How do you forgive yourself? Daily meditate on a scripture for healing yourself. Like Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ and God forgave You remember, God doesn't give us guilt. He gives us conviction if we need to repent of something, but he doesn't give us guilt. So we need to not let our mind go there. And sometimes our emotions will keep saying something and saying something. And we need to trust God and his word more than we trust our emotions. Would you agree? So important to do so. I want to thank all of you for being here. And I just want to ask all of you to close your eyes for just a moment as Rachel comes up and just plays some soft music for us. We're just going to close in prayer this morning. And I want you to just take a moment to just ask the Lord, God, is there anything that I just need to let go of? Maybe something done wrong to you, but maybe something that you're not forgiving yourself for. Is there anything I need to let go of that I'm still angry with me about, that my soul isn't healthy because I'm still holding this against myself or feeling guilty over what someone else did to me. And if there's anything at all like that, I just want you to hold that up in your thoughts to the Lord right now. And we're going to pray over that. Lord, 
whatever's in everyone's thoughts right now, whatever area that maybe someone's wronged them or they haven't forgiven their, themselves, Lord, we lift these things up to you and I'm asking, Lord, for healing in their hearts. I'm asking that you'd help everyone at the sound of my voice to forgive themselves, that they would be encouraged right now knowing that you love them and you love them unconditionally and that Jesus did pay the price to remove their sins as far as the east is from the west. And Lord, I ask right now that anything in their brain that has been a bad pathway burnt in there, Lord, we're asking for new pathways to be made in their brain, pathways of healing thoughts, pathways of healthy thoughts, and that those old pathways would be removed and that they will be able to walk forward into a healthy future. Lord, anyone who uh, doesn't have a trust specifically for men right now, Lord, I pray because of uh, maybe a man that wronged them in the past. I'm asking that new pathways will be made uh, to be able to trust men again that should be trusted, not to trust everyone, obviously, but to trust those that you tell them to trust. And Lord, I pray for those um, with wounded hearts, Father, just any type of heart wound, maybe loss of a parent um, that's gone home to be with you. Lord, I know at any age that that is a painful thing. And so, Lord, I pray for healing of those who are missing their parents who are in heaven. Lord, thank you for comforting them and strengthening them and healing their hearts. And thank you that you're a restorer to them uh, of their joy. Lord, I pray for your forgiveness to just flow in everyone's hearts right now in supernatural ways. God, that you would bring them joy unspeakable, joy like they've never known before this year. I pray that this would be a year of new beginnings, new relationships where new relationships are needed, new friendships, uh, new guidance, new mentors, or then maybe them mentoring others. God, I praise you and thank you that your plan is good for every one of us. Your plan is good and not for evil to give us all a hope in a future. I pray, Lord, that those at the sound of my voice would be released into their calling greater than they've ever stepped into their calling before in this year, Lord. I pray your blessing and grace over every single one of them, that you would heal their hearts of sorrow, sadness, anger, despair, depression, unfaithfulness. God, thank you for supernatural healing in each and every one. I praise you and worship you and thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Well, every uh, head is bowed and eyes are closed. This is, if there's anyone at the sound of my voice that you've never asked Jesus into your heart or maybe you haven't been living for him like you uh, want to or know you ought to, um, and you're just saying, Lord, today's the day I just want to recommit fresh and new to you. Um, or I want to give my life to you for the first time. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up before the Lord and say, Lord, that's me. I just want to recommit my life to you or give my life to you. Let's all put our hand on our heart and pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, please come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for cleansing me. Please cleanse my heart of all soul pain, anything that has been a hurt in my past, I'm asking you to cleanse me, make me new, that I would not have pain from that anymore, that I would not entertain thoughts 
that I, sh- that I shouldn't be thinking, that I keep my focus on who I am in you and your love for me. Amen.